happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Naked Happen Here, a podcast about things falling apart and then maybe kind of putting them back together again, sort of. Uh, th- this 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 is this is a special episode about thing that happened, where thing that happened is the Brazilian election. And with me to talk about this is Garrison. Hello. And James. Hello. So I, I think I think people probably know by now I. Uh, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, better known as Lula, has defeated Jair Bolsonaro in a absolutely terrifying squeaker of a presidential election. Um, this is like by far the closest election that Lula, a former two-term president of Brazil, has ever won. Um, part of this is a campaign of last-minute voter suppression that Bolsonaro and his supporters did, where like. The, like basically like the, the Brazilian federal police started setting up like they set up like 550 roadblocks to stop people in Lula strongholds from voting. There's like they assaulted people. Um, It wound up not mattering. And right now, as as of time of recording, which is uh 1 p.m. 1 30 p.m. Pacific on Halloween, uh, Bolsonaro is missing in action. There's no like no one's seen him. The only the, the only thing the the only sign of life that there has been from him is he unfollowed his wife. <laughs> Amazing it's, it's, stuff. Uh, 
It's, 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 it sounds like he just locked himself in the in the, pres- in the presidential palace and turned all and turned all the, all of the lights off. Yeah, he's yeah. he's <laughs> missing it. No, nobody's seen or heard from him. Um, so by the time this episode comes out, there's like a small chance there's been a coup. There's like a small chance he's died from COVID. I don't know. Probably <laughs> neither of those have happened. But you know, so Lula won his election like he he won like like 50.8 percent of the vote roughly and okay so there's a lot of voter suppression but even voter suppression cannot explain why lula who won his last elections with respectively 61 and 60 percent of the vote was reduced to like 50.8 percent this time and okay so this begs two questions uh who is luis anasio lula da silva and how did we get to this election so the first episode of this is going to be answering the first question, and the second episode is largely the second question. Okay, so who who actually is Lula? Um, Lula is born in 1945. Actually, his birthday is a few days ago, um, to a desperately poor family in Brazil's northeast. Um, and this family moves from the northeast to what became known as the ABC region of Brazil, which is Santa Andre, San Bernardino, uh, San, sorry, Santo Andre, Sao Bernardino. Uh, Jesus. Who who can't say names in Brazil now? Huh? Okay, okay, here's the thing. This is this okay. is not a famous name. This is Sal Bernardo. Wait, wait. Uh-huh. Guy, wait, are you conflating Brazil and Argentina, which are famously not the same country? Also, sure different am. languages. Here's the thing. If this was in Spanish, I could do this. And I am gonna make my I'm yeah. gonna make this disclaimer here. Uh all of my pronunciations of this are based on my terrible knowledge of Spanish. The problem is uh Brazil famously speaks Portuguese, a language that is not Spanish. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but okay, so there's this thing called the ABC region because there's three cities there that are at ABC. Um, Got it. As part of this sort of mass migration, which is, is popularly remembered as like this mass migration of people from the Northeast to Sao Paulo, but the, the, the sort of the actual, that, that, that's the popular memory of it. The, the, the actuality is that millions of people flow into Sao Paulo, like from all across Brazil. Um, the ABC region becomes Brazil's sort of industrial heartland. Like every, every story you read about this, we'll call it uh, like Brazil's Detroit. And that's kind of true and kind okay. of not true. Like, I don't know. I, I, every, every Everyone who writes about Brazil is like, how can we make this the U.S.? Yeah. And like, God forbid other countries have their own realities. Yeah. And like, OK, like the, 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 there is an extent to which Brazil is also like the ex-slave colony thing, right? But no, like Brazil, Brazil is its own country. Um, however, comma, uh, the, the ABC region becomes the core of Brazil's massive metalworking industry. Um, and this industry is just like, exp- from the 50s to the 80s, just like purely expanding. Um, the historian J.D. French notes that the ABC's population increased by 800% from 1950 to 1980. So Lulu arrives in the middle of a veritable industrial revolution. Um, this is going to end in one of history's sort of great militant industrial working classes. But when he's there, that's kind of not what's happening. Oh, the other thing I should mention about this region is that when I say metalworking, so there's a the, the, the reason there's so many Detroit comparisons is that this is this is a region that is massively involved in Brazil's auto industry, which okay. in this period is expanding and is, is very large. Um, I think I've, I think I've actually talked about this in, in the neoliberalism episodes. Um, a little bit, but yeah, so Lula, like, 
leaves school in fifth grade to basically find whatever work he can in the street. And this is another sort of very famous thing that everyone talks about, about Lula, about he, how, like he has like a great school education. And that's like sort of true. Like it, it is true that he never like grad, like graduate, like he, he never went to school past like fifth grade mostly. Although we'll get to some other stuff that he did later. Um, what what happens basically is that his his mom's able to get him into this this metal this this government metal working sort of apprenticeship program that is teaching like young people how to do how to basically become skilled metal workers and this also is an education right like it you know the, the people people in this there, there's there's a lot of very interesting sort of like theory stuff about this about how these people like are are also kind of worker intellectuals because in order to like be a metal worker and to do all this stuff you have to know a shit ton of stuff you have to know you have to know a bunch of tactical stuff about how metal works. You have to know, you know, it's it's very highly skilled, very high, like degree of knowledge you have to have. So you know, he 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 gets this kind of education, um, and he becomes a very very good metal worker, and he's he's part of a a like a highly skilled and the academic literature will call it highly paid. Although like, okay, this is highly paid compared to like someone like someone who's a worker but who's not like a metal worker, like one of the sort of skilled quote unquote metal workers. Um, they're not like these people aren't like lawyers, right? Like they're, they're, they're so closer to the actual sort of working class than, you know, some, some some, like people who are sort of like auxiliary parts of the ruling class. And he enters, you know, he he enters this sort of manufacturing boom as part of what's called the Brazilian miracle. Well, okay. So he, he, he's there a bit before the sort of Brazilian miracle starts, but there's this period under the military dictatorship, which takes power in 1965, where they kind of like luck into a functioning economy. Although I, I should, I should mention this now. Um, okay. So in, in this period in Brazil, like inflation being good and under control is inflation is at 20%. Like when inflation's at 20%, everything's considered fine. And when it goes up from 20%, it's like, Oh no, we've lost control of inflation. And th- this, this kind of like, this is a survivable thing because people's wages are sort of indexed to, um, like they're indexed to cost of living increases to some extent, which is a thing that like, <laughs> yeah, it will never happen here. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess if, if, if you do the kind of stuff these guys do, you can probably get some of this, but yeah. So, but the, 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 the sort of interesting thing about what's happening here is you have a very large industrial working class, but it's not really very militant for most of the time Lula's in it, except for sort of right around the military, like coup in 1965. Um, Lula sees some of kind of like the old radicalism. Like he, he talks about like, you know, like watching people like storming factories because they're on strike. Uh, the, the, the Brazilian working class does, there's a lot, a lot of fun stuff that they do. Like, they do things like okay, so they, they'll, everyone will show up to a protest with like uh, a bunch of like pockets full of marbles, and when it, when a cavalry charge starts, they'll just roll they'll all roll marbles down the street, and the horses oh, will yeah. step on the marbles and fall. Um, yeah. my, my, That's my, a, it's an OG <laughs> Battle of Cable Street maneuver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my my absolute Classic. favorite one. This is just like like pure Looney Tune shit. Um, they do this thing where. Okay, so they'll string <laughs> piano wire up like between light posts, and then they'll bait cavalry units into charging at them, and then they'll run <laughs> under the thing, and the guys will just get fucking clotheslined. Uh, that's <laughs> brutal. so good. Yeah, that's pretty great. It's horse cops. You don't yeah. see horse cops in America, but uh, not well. No, no, no. Well, they, they, you see them sometimes. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I have, like, I have seen some horse cops. 
Portland's horse cops only like stopped existing a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. In the UK up until very recently, they used them to police protest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. There, there was footage from 2020 of people getting run, run over by horses in the, yeah. in the States. It, like, yeah. Th- yeah. 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 They, they still, still, still do this. Yeah. yeah. It fucking sucks. There's actually oh, yeah. okay. I, th- I think the the, the 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 most famous police horse related story in the U.S. is a, is a, is a Philly sports fan. I think in like 2014 punching a police horse. Which, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a city! Yeah. Uh, wait, I've, the most famous British police horse thing is uh, the horse humping the cop. <laughs> oh God! Uh, <laughs> critical support to the horse. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I... Uh, just quickly copy the image into the chat so you can all enjoy it. I'm glad that we've, okay, okay, all right. I'm, I'm glad that we've taken this episode in this direction. Oh my fucking well, holy <laughs> shit! That oh my god. Okay, that, that, is, that is much more graphic than I thought it was going to be. Graphic. Holy well, shit! Do you know what else will take a cop and bend it over and? Mm, nope. All right. Well, here's here's some. Here's we some can't ads. promise that, Garrison. Here is some advertisements. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Oh, and we're back with other things that will scar my soul forever. Oh, boy. <laughs> Up until sort of 1965, there had been a kind of left-wing government in Brazil, and then the military coup, like, just overthrows it. And 
the left is kind of just like annihilated from this. And it's not just from the pure political repression, which forces like like all the communist parties are forced underground, like um but the, the, one of the one of the things like one of the real things that sort of like really shatters the Brazilian left is that like the coup happens and the left, you know, the left sort of knows there's a coup coming, right? But they expect that when the coup happens, there's going to be strikes and like the working class is going to fight them and they're going to beat it. And everyone kind of just like in the factories kind of just shrugs and nothing happens and they just get rolled over. And th- this is the start of this period of sort of like, you know, the, the, this kind of like the, the workers movement, like nothing is happening again. There's some sort of radical student groups that try to do stuff, but like. I don't know there, there's a Brazilian version of May 68, but mostly what happens there is like one factory gets occupied and then the army shows up with guns and they get owned and it's really grim. And, you know, you have these sort of like, like tiny, like actually, okay. You have these tiny Catholic Maoist groups, really Maoist student groups. Wait. Who are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll just yeah. go straight through that. All right. It's, no, it's no. nuts. Um, normal, totally normal. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, they're they're trying trying to do like guerrilla insurgency stuff and the army just sort of like kills them all. Um, They're horribly destroyed. So for for almost a decade and a half, like you have a a very depoliticized industrial proletariat. And and Lula's part of this, right? Like from from like when he enters the workforce until like the late 70s, he is not political at all. Are they doing the thing under the dictatorship where they have like pet unions, I guess, where there's like one mandated union for the industry? Actually, I was about to talk about this. Um. Yeah, so the Brazilian labor system, and the thing is, okay, so this wasn't set up under this military dictatorship, it was kind of set up under, like, a previous one, but this, yeah, is still sort of a thing. All, all of the unions have to register with the state, and when they're doing contract negotiations, right, they're not negotiating with the corporations, they're negotiating with the state. And so, this means that, like, the state is setting wage rates, which is going to become important later, but yeah, it, there's a really interesting sort of problem here, because there's this entire class of basically sort of, like, government union guy who's, like... Yeah. basically a bureaucrat and is like really corrupt we love you and <laughs> yeah well and, and this is the thing like and like like a lot of people just hate them because like they like you know because because they, they are like literally what these people are are like they're a guy who's doing this job to get ahead and then their job is to sort of like like you know technically it's like mediate the class struggle right but like what, what yeah. that actually means is like make sure that like there isn't actually sort of like like make sure the union isn't actually sort of a, a source of class conflict and then, you know th- this this is this is the whole sort of thing behind this because before like the 1940s brazil had this really really built and like uh labor movement they had a bunch of anarchists like the anarchists tried to overthrow the government a couple times they have these huge general strikes there's a the communist party is like a real thing and then the government tries to like bring all of like you know okay fuck it we're gonna bring all the unions under our control and it's still also true that these are like they're still technically unions so there are people who are sort of doing union organizing in them right like they, they still do some regular union stuff and yeah, we're, we're going to talk about this a bit more later, but there's, I don't know, these unions are fucking weird. Like, they're not, like, unions anywhere else I've ever seen. Yeah, but so, okay, so the other thing, like, Lula in this point, like, is apolitical, right? People, people keep trying to talk to him about politics, and he's like, I just want to play soccer and, like, chase girls. And he talks about this, like, training and, like, in speeches a lot. <laughs> but his brother, who's known as Frey Chico, is a Brazilian Communist Party militant for, like, his entire life. And being be, being a PCB militant in, like, the 60s and 70s, this is, like, life-threatening. Uh, the, the party is outlawed. Everyone is so clandestine that, like, Frey Chico's own wife doesn't know that he's a communist and finds out that he's a communist when he gets arrested. Like, 
it, it's it's this is this this is like this is like the level of like clandestine shit that everyone that that, that like you know the sort of communist parties are working on under here. Um, but Freshiko's also like an open union activist, and everyone knows he's like he's a leftist basically because you know the the, the even even the sort of like the the unions are sort of like split between like there's sort of left factions that are like trying to actually do union stuff, but like for towards sort of leftist goals, there are like more moderate people who are like bread and butter trade unionists. And then there's also just like a bunch of people who are like just the corruption faction. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like Lula doesn't like Lula like doesn't care about the union at all. Like he's not even in the union until free Chico, like his brother just like, li- like literally just like drags him kicking and screaming into running for an elected position in the union because I uh, like he, he needed a guy to run on a slate but he couldn't run himself because everyone knew he was a leftist. So he was like, OK, I'm going to your brother, you run. Uh, you're, you're, you're not like openly a leftist. You can actually win this. And this is, you know, and then this works and he gets elected. And this is where Lula like learns politics um, from the book Lula and his politics of cunning. Quote, Lula would have to master the mundane aspects of union life, including bureaucratic routines, budgets, services and preparing union assemblies. Lula would also undergo a gradual politicization through relationships with fellow directors, union lawyers, and staff, an activist central to the union's turbulent internal politics. Finally, Lula would need to learn about the repressive dimension of working-class life under military rule, including close supervision and surveillance by police, employers, and uh, labor ministry officials. And what's interesting about this story is that, like, everyone around him when he joins this union, including basically his boss of the union, is a guy named Vidal, who's a very powerful union leader. Um, like, you know, his brother, too. Like, everyone thinks he's going to be this sort of, like, compliant, like, obedient fingerhead. And instead, what they have done is they have created arguably the greatest politician of the 21st century. Um, <laughs> one of the things that's important to note here is that, like, Okay, so, like, the unions are, are, like, fucked up, right? And everyone kind of understands they're fucked up. These are still probably the most, like, like, these are probably still the most competitive democratic <coughs> elections that are happening in Brazil. Like, Brazil technically has elections. There, there's these sort of, like, two official parties. So, okay, so it's kind of weird. The military, like, is in power, but, like, they have this sort of veneer that they're not. And they technically, they technically sometimes have a civilian president. They have these sort of, like, parties that are kind of real but, you know, the, the union actually has like there are like leftist slates, there are conservative slates like there's, there's actual sort of politics going on. And Lula is actually able to sort of like make his mark through through his ability to just like make friends with people on both the sort of like radical and moderate side of the union, um, union sort of political aisle. And this is because Lula, like Lula is just is funny. He loves playing soccer. He loves just like dancing and hanging out. And this lets him like win his election slate. Like pretty easily because you know she's she's just she's just very popular. So these are things that like I don't know like the other workers in the factory a lot of times don't care that much about union politics, but they do care about like they do care about soccer a lot. And so Lula was able to build a bunch of support, and th- this lets him sort of easily take a position in a union system that like I it, it's basically a miniature state. Like the unions have their own welfare programs, they have they have their own education system. And, you know, this is part of the thing about people talking about, like, Lula is, like, completely uneducated. It's like, no, it's not. Like, he he spends a bunch of time, like, in classes that, like, the the, un- the union, like, puts on basically, like, university and academic classes, right, for, for its workers and for other people sort of affiliated with them. So he spends a bunch – and this is, like, you know, part of where he learned sort of politics and where he learns political economy is, like, th- is through, the, through these classes that the union has. And he – sorry, he, the, the union also, like, you know, I talked about, like, they, they, they run welfare programs, right? So he's like, he's, like, a social worker, 
right? Trying trying to sort of like help workers and pensioners with his job. He, he gets this position that like everyone hates. Like he 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 has this position basically like running running their sort of like like welfare program and like nobody wants it, but he like does it. And he does it really well. And this makes him really popular because he's the guy that like, you know, if you're like a pensioner, right? Like he's the guy you go to to figure out pension bullshit. And he's the guy you just go to in order to sort of get stuff done. And yeah, you know, this means he's spending a bunch of time doing paperwork and like negotiating with government bureaucracy. And he, this, this makes him a very, very effective politician. Um, here's from Lula's politics at cutting again, but Lula also gained access to an even larger constituency at the union headquarters, a working class public sphere. Do you know how many people pass by the union daily? He asked a journalist in 1979 at minimum 1500. Those frequenting the union did so for many reasons, often for various sorts of assistance or assistencia, which I think is, yeah, like government hey. or like union assistance stuff. Yeah. Assistencia. But also to complain about work, shoot the breeze or catch up with friends. Some union directors often arrived late to the headquarters and were off always busy when they did. The gregarious Lula, by contrast, maintained an open door policy and his office became a gathering point for rank and file workers, factory activists and fellow directors still linked to production. And I, this is another thing that's sort of important about this, is that, like, okay, like, once you reach, like, a certain position in the union, like, you're just a full-time a union guy. And so there's a lot of people who, like, join the union and become, like, union people because it means, like, it, it takes you off the shop floor. And right. this, the, you know, the government does this deliberately, right? Because it means, it, you know, you're, you're creating, you're, they're, 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 the thing that they're trying to do is create a sort of bureaucratic layer <coughs> between the working class and, like, their union. But Lula's, like, still really connected to what's going on on the shop floor because he's just, like, talking to everyone all the time. And the product of this is that Lula is, becomes a very, very, like, he becomes a trade union leader, becomes a very, very powerful one. He, he rapidly becomes the president of his union after some, like, Vidal, who's, like, his boss, ha- there's this whole thing where he's trying to stay in power, but he doesn't run for president of the union because of some complicated political maneuvering. And so Lula ends up as the head of the union. Vidal's like, it's fine. I'm still going to be in control here. And that is not what happens. <laughs> like you, 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 you have just, you have just given the presidency to like, like a, 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 a genuinely, truly singular like political figure. Um, but, but there's something, there's something that's very, very important about Lula that you need to understand to figure to like to understand anything that's about to happen here and basically since Lula is not a communist. This this is this is very important. Um he could not have done what he's about to do, which is you know, become literally like the living symbol of, of one of the largest strike waves in Brazilian history. He could not have done this if he was a communist. The military, if he was a communist, the military would have, you know, tortured and possibly executed him like they've done with thousands of other communists. His brother, Frei Chico, was kidnapped and tortured horribly by the military, although he like, he will insist that he didn't have it as bad as like a lot of other people did, which is true. But also like they tortured the shit out of him and it was fucking horrific. And the fact that like every single like person, like the, the fact that every single fucking member of the military dictatorship was not fucking like taken out behind a, a fucking shed shot and had their like corpses fed to dogs is like genuinely one of the reasons why we're here right now. This stuff is awful. It is yeah, familiar yeah. theme of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what to do with dictators? You know, Lula and Chico's wife are eventually able to sort of get him released because he's not like a very high. Like he's in the PCB. Like he's in the Communist Party. Like his brother. Like, but he's not like a high ranking guy. And 
you know, the sort of cruel irony of it is like they knew that he didn't know anything that they didn't already know, but they just tortured the shit out of him anyways. Um, but one of the important things that happens here is his brother, like under torture, like insists that Lula is not a communist and like continues to insist this because he isn't. And, you know, and, and like people who are like the, and, and and people in the military dictatorship like believe this, right? Because like the like they're you know they 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 have a really extensive sort of intelligence network. Like at this point, they they've basically like they've they've basically destroyed the Brazilian Communist Party. They've like captured and killed most of their cadre. And because he's not a communist, Lula's able to stay in the labor movement, even if in the short term after his brother gets arrested, he loses his job in the union. Because and he's able to do this because like beyond his brother, who like. His brother has literally been like saying communist stuff at him for decades and he Lula's just been like, I don't care. Um, and like a couple of other people who's just quite a kind of friends with like Lula, like he has no connection to the organized left. Like he's, he's not sort of like like he, 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 he's not like a leftist. Right. Like in, in, in that sort of conventional sense, like he's he's not tied to one of sort of the old left political factions. And this means that he, he can stand in as, as a kind of sort of labor leader that the the. <laughs> the more moderate factions the military dictatorship have been looking for, which is this sort of like non-communist, like quote unquote genuine trade unionist. And okay, so like talking about like a moderate faction of a military dictatorship is always kind of fraught because you know it's a military dictatorship. But like, it, like all these people suck. It's also true that there were there were factions within the military dictatorship who so there was a faction called like the Dungeon, which is like the people torturing all these people to death. There were other people in the military dictatorship who were like, this is really fucking gauche. Like, why are you guys doing this? Like, this makes us look bad. Also, why are you torturing these people? And those guys look at Lula and they, they're they willing to work with him because, like, what, what, what they think they're doing is creating this sort of, like, authentic, non-communist labor movement that will, like, work with them to stop communism. Like, sort of like the AFL-CIO, like, specifically, you talk about this, like, in the, in the way that the AFL-CIO does in the U.S., like, working as an anti-communist force, they, they think that they can get Lula to do this. And Lula does a lot of stuff that, like, looks like collaboration to the sort of, like, surviving leftists around him. He develops, like, literally, like, personal relationships, kind of friendship. It's not really friendships, but, like, Develops personal relationships and professional relationships with members of the regime, and you know, again, it, like it looks like he's collaborating, but that's not that's not that's not what's actually happening. What's actually happening is that he's holding these negotiations in order to sort of increase the power of the union and build this like safety network, Be- like that because he has these personal relationships with people in the regime, it means that he's not going to get fucking disappeared and his people aren't going to get disappeared. And this had happened to a lot of even a lot of sort of other regular union activists who didn't have this kind of connection, just like get vanished. And the people he's able to build connections with, like keep him from being like vanished and keep his trade unions from being slaughtered. And, you know, like the, 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 the people in, like in, in the military dictatorship, like really think that like, okay, they, they've, they've gained that, you know, they're, they're, they're gaining an ally and defeating communism. Uh, the thing they are actually doing, <laughs> uh, is, is progressing their own grave diggers. Um, and, okay, you, you but, know who but else? Before, yes, there we yeah, go. Yeah, you know who like, else is creating their own grave, grave diggers, Garrison? Uh, the advertising industrial complex. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> they have produced we, us. We can dream. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating Pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. 
Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Unbelievable. Well, in the meantime, so inside inside the new Batman game, you play as the four sidekicks after mm-hmm. Batman um, allegedly Dogs. dies. Yes. And the weirdest thing is that they because three of the sidekicks don't usually have capes, they you, you do, they don't do any kind of mass gliding feature for city traversal. Instead, you have a really slow bat cycle and then you have an almost Spider-Man like grappling hook and it's, it locks onto anything around you. It's really confusing. And oh, are, are we back? Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. And we're back. We should, we should leave in like, just like two <laughs> minutes of Batman talk. Yeah, yeah, I was completely yeah. baffled. <laughs> so, okay. The, the other thing about Lula just as a person is that fundamentally he's a negotiator. Like his style is almost like Biden-esque. In the sense of like Biden sort of believes like talking to everyone across the political aisle, et cetera, et cetera. Except like, okay, the key difference here is that uh, Lula is actually charismatic. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, he, he will just sit there like with people across the aisle and like talk things out, negotiate with them. He'll talk with employers. He'll talk with members of the military dictatorship. But, you know, the other difference is that like, okay, so Biden is like a, is a consummate politician, right? Like when he, when he talks about like talking with people across the aisle, he means like Strom Thurmond, right? When Lula is talking with people, he's talking with everyone. Like he, like literally everyone he runs at class, he's just talking with random people at like union halls, at meetings, at picket lines, at like soccer games, at bars, 
And b- because he spends all of this time talking to people constantly, he gains this just like incredible ability to read crowds and like tailor message f- messages for them and like figure out what sort of like like what what sort of things will work with whatever person he's saying. And he gains this like absolutely incredible ability to to sort of charm people. And it, it works on people even even on people who fucking hate him. Like there are there are like journalists who will spend literally their entire careers trying to destroy him, and who but when they're asked about him, they're like, "Well, I mean, like him as a person, he's really charming. Like he's a nice guy." <laughs> <laughs> and but you know, so part part of what he's doing in this period this this is this is this is the late seventies, um, going into the early eighties. He's playing this like this very specific like game of respectability politics. Of like not directly criticizing the government and like okay, so th- there are these like there are these strikes that start happening because okay so it turns out that the, the military government has been trying to get inflation like the, the the whole sort of economic system they've been doing starts to fall apart and inflation starts to come back and they start doing these like measures to combat inflation and the unions okay so originally no one had believed them but the, the, the union has like has like a like they have like a think tank kind of right they have like a social sort of like center with a bunch of sort of like sociologists and economists. And they figure out that the union's been lying, not sorry, the the government's been lying about inflate, like how bad inflation is. And then the IMF in in the late seventies confirms this, that, that, that the military dictatorship has been lying about how bad its inflation is by doing some statistical stuff. And this matters because they've been setting cost of living adjustments by a lower level of inflation than what's actually happening. And this pisses everyone the fuck off because they're like, literally the government is robbing us like they've been lying about how bad inflation is like like thir- and it's, it's this is like this is like a 30% income drop right for these workers and this pisses everyone the fuck off and suddenly there's these massive like protests there were like hundreds of thousands of people like 100,000 people will show up to a soccer stadium as part of a strike like but you know Lula has to make sure that everyone doesn't get murdered and so he does these things like he'll like he he avoids directly criticizing the government he has this whole thing about how like he wants to negotiate directly with the employers he like kicks out like leftist student groups who are like trying to like distribute like communist students who are like trying to distribute pamphlets at the rallies because he's trying to make sure that the strikers aren't seen as like communist subversives and instead is sort of like they're seen as like good upstanding hardworking citizens and yeah uh, here here's from uh, uh that book again Given the diverse outlooks, Lula represented himself as a thoughtful, righteous man who disparaged riotous behavior as unworthy and counterproductive. Like all honest workers, he called for the strikers to be disciplined and counseled against clashes with the police. He continually framed their fight as one with the companies, not the government or the policemen. And this, like, works, because any more radical action probably is going to get everyone killed. And I mean, like, like when the strikes are going on, there's, like... Like they're they're getting buzzed by helicopters. There's like fucking army trucks everywhere. Um, but you know he manages not to get everyone killed. And the result of this is that Lula immediately becomes the most famous worker in Brazil. He's like on TV. He's leading strikes everywhere. Like there's these massive rallies. And you know there's some really like there's some really like genuinely adorable stuff that's happening. Where like when he when he's giving his first speech to one of these rallies, it's like it's fucking raining. The soccer stadium is just mud. Like his podium is literally sinking into the mud as he's trying to speak, and this is, this is like the first time he's addressed a crowd this loud, and he's nervous, and people start leaving, and like oh, so they're, they're doing. This, one of the other things I learned about this is how old the how old the crowd mic is. So they're, they're doing this thing that becomes known as the crowd mic, where like you don't have a microphone yeah. or you can't reach everyone. So each so okay, so some, the the speaker says like a sentence, and then each person in the crowd says a sentence, and it just sort of moves back through the crowd yeah. from everyone repeating it. 
and he's trying to give the speech. It's not going great. And like the workers in the front row start like yelling like, hey, you can do this, Lula. Don't worry. You got this. And then he like, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then this is like absolutely adorable moment. And then he sort of like, like, you know, is, is, like gets better at it. And like by like the second one of these, like people are just like in love with him. He is unbelievably popular. He's an incredible speaker. He's like, you know, and it's very easy to, and you, you, you see writing about this at the time that are like, that look at him and are like, well, this guy, like this guy is literally like, like people, pe- people are like calling him literally the Messiah of the working class, right? Like th- this is the kind of sort of like, like a claim that he has, like there are, there, there, after one of his speeches, like the entire crowd literally carries him on their shoulders from one end of the soccer stadium to the other. Like there are <laughs> like, like there, there, there are people like walking on stage and calling him like father and saying Hail Mary's like, it's, it's fucking wild. Um, but you know, but like, and, and, and like when, 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 when like sort of rich and educated people look at this, they're like, oh, these people are like blindly obedient to him. They're like, they have this client patient relationship. He's like manipulating the masses. And that's not what's happening. Like that, that's just, that's just not what's happening. Like he actually, like the union votes against him like a couple of times, like it, because, because he, he's, he's trying to do negotiations. Right. And he, there's, right. there's, a, there's this thing where I, I, if I'm understanding the story, right. I think what happened is that he's trying to like negotiate, like people coming back to work. So negotiations can continue. It's like a show of good faith or whatever. And the union's like, fuck no, we're not going back to work and just like votes him down. And so like, like this kind of stuff happens, yeah. right? Like that, you know, like people respect him enormously and he, he is like literally in some sense, he is like the avatar of the industrial working class. Like working class people look at him and like and they, they see themselves in him. And yeah. they see they they see the power that he's able to sort of exert and how many people he's around there and they're like, oh shit, the union is strong, like we are strong, we can actually sort of fight back. But it's not like a sort of client patron thing. He he's it's just that like he's at the head of a workers' movement that is a force in and of itself and has its own agency and capacity to act. And Lula has to like negotiate with that and like he has to sort of like rebuild their trust after he, you know, is, is taking a sort of more moderate line. He, he eventually gets like arrested in 1980, although he gets released after like a month. And from there he gets to work founding like every important leftist organization for like the last 40 years. Um, so in 1980, he's one of the people who founds the workers party. Uh, in 1983, he founds the CUT or, uh, it, so the English translation of it, it's a uh, unified Workers central, which like to this day is Brazil's like national trade union center. Like it's like it's like their big union federation, and this is illegal yeah. at the time. But you just like fuck it, we're doing it anyways. Like these people are losing the 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 the, the, the dictatorship losing control. Um, and the CUT like plays a huge role in how the dictatorship loses power. Um, so does the PT to some extent. Like the PT, the PT like as a party are powerful enough that like they're involved in drafting the constitution. He's there for the founding of the landless workers movement, which is a social movement that like seizes land that's not being used and redistributes it to workers. He's heavily involved in the campaigns to sort of force the military out of power. And, you know, as the military dictatorship like kind of falls apart and democracy like kind of like fully returns to Brazil in 1989, he goes like full intellectual politics. But the the, the problem is that like he's, he's, he's kind of too early for his politics. Um. He he spends like the entire '90s just like getting his ass handed to him in elections over and over again. And part of what's happening, you know, part by like, part of literally what he's doing in the '90s is rebuild. He's like he's like rebuilding the entire Latin American left, like from ground zero after the fall of the Berlin Wall and the sort of like global defeat of the left in the '80s. Um, he he he's one of the founders of the Forum of, of Sao Paulo, which is 
the first of this series of sort of like meetings of leftists in Latin America and the Caribbean, which is trying to figure out like, okay, like, hey, what 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 is socialism now that like the Berlin Wall is down and everything's sort of going to shit? And in 1990, that's a really bleak prospect. Like neoliberalism is completely ascendant. Nationalism has destroyed socialism. Like every sort of former socialist state's falling apart. Like capitalists are running rampant across the globe. Like literally enti- like entire communist parties are just like disbanding and all of their sort of cadre are becoming liberals. But, you know, as the 90s go on and people actually have to sort of like live under this, they increasingly realize that it sucks ass and that I... You know what? What living under neoliberalism means is like IMF structural adjustments and like, like the economy. Like there's 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 the Asian market collapse. There's a bunch of other market collapses, and you know as after the Zapatistas sort of go on the take like are the first like part of the left to really go on the offensive after their uprising in nineteen ninety four. The left kind of starts to put itself back together, and this left like I I think like this version of left it's kind of dead now, but like. I think there are people who are old enough to remember it or like remember sort of like what it used to be like the, the, the slogan of this sort of whole like like left like the one of their big slogans is another world is possible, which is sort of like the, the anti like the anti it's, like, it, it's a response to like Thatcher's there is no alternative is like another world is possible is this is the sort of like alter globalization left like this is a left that does the battle of Seattle in 1999. And Lula's there for, like, all of it. Like, after Seattle, he helped – after the Battle of Seattle, like, he helps found the World Social Forum, which is this, like, giant meeting place for, like, international social movements. Um, And, you know, and, and so, you know, for, through, through this whole period, like, the left is sort of gathering its strength everywhere. Like, well, okay, in, in Latin America and also, like – I mean, it is in a lot of places, right? Like, in India, um, it's like Indonesia, to some extent in the U.S. Although the U.S. has this problem that 9-11 happens and, yeah, that's a shit show. Yeah, it but, just it's amazing how that this movement existed almost everywhere else, but not to my knowledge as, as significantly here. Yeah, well I mean we we had we we had Seattle, right? But then when nine yeah. eleven happened, the the, the, the big yeah, unions yeah. like pulled out of doing any direct action shit and then it kind of, everything kinda of got ate by the the anti war movement, which Yeah. Was and then true. the and then the Green Scare. Yeah, then, yeah. Then that led to Adbusters doing and uh, stuff at Occupy Wall Street, and then yeah, that and that, that's that's yeah. the last. Yeah. Well, I, I would say, although, okay, I I would say this. I I think there's I think there's a there's a break here. Like I think I think Occupy is when that kind of politics died, because when when Occupy that's went fair. under, and, and, and this is the sort of irony of this, and we'll get to you next episode. Is that like you you can there's a good argument that the the place that that politics actually died was in Brazil when the Workers Party fucking like tear gassed and rubber bulleted the absolute shit out of a bunch of protesters who had been who were like the Brazilian wave of of sort of like that series of protests and they crushed the shit out of them it is horrible like this is one of this is like one of like my foundational sort of political memories is like fucking tanks rolling down the street people shooting rubber bullets at people like 7 year olds getting tear gassed it is a it is a fucking shit show but in in, in 2002 yeah. like you know, it's not that we we haven't gotten there yet. Like even the sort of like yeah. most cynical Trotsky, I like can't imagine the fucking PT rolling tanks through the favelas, which is what they're going to be doing in twelve years. Yeah. And when Britain, like, yeah. we had that was when I can't quite remember when Tony Blair. Maybe it was ninety seven. But like Brit, the British Tony Blair, right? Like represented this other vision for the left. Yeah. Which is- well, and the other thing is like people like. I, like one of the books I was reading was like people talk about Obama as being like the end of the same wave, except Obama sort of like the re, like even more so than any of the other politicians we're going to be talking about is a sort of like recuperation of this, right? Like yeah. he's the guy and, who takes yeah. all his energy and is like yeah, and 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 yeah. okay, so 
we're we're, we're going to get into like the negative side of all of this shit next episode. But like in some sense, Lula does play a similar role in Brazil and we will get there. But right now, you know, <laughs> I, I, OK, so th- there's another part of this that. Like doesn't get talked about that much, which is that in the early 2000s in Latin America, it, it's not just that like the left is winning elections, like there are open revolutions going on like I mean, there's 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 a bunch of them. There's a, a yes. like like arguably like the last communist revolution like ever happens in uh like the last sort of like, like the last gas of the classical workers movement happens in Argentina in 2001. There's this huge revolt against the IMF and austerity. And like this is this is the last time like in world history that like people occupy factories and then attempt to like like take them over and use them as a way of seizing the means of production. People occupy factories in Bosnia and Herzegovina in like 2014, but like by that point, like like they're, they're, those guys are occupying factories and then having like occupy meetings in them. They're not like attempting to sort of like seize production. Yeah, but you know, yeah. like like these, these there's are real revolutions, right? Like there's 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 a, there's a coup against Hugo Chavez that gets overturned yeah. by a, another popular revolution. Um, there's the water and gas wars in Bolivia, which culminate in like. Literally, the like the capital is like entirely blockaded off from the rest of the country and surrounded by roadblocks. And the fucking government, like, this is like in 2005, the government is like fucking imploding, the military is falling apart. Like, yeah, you know, like, very like, and this, this is this is this is the sort of chain of events that brings Evo Morales into power. But like, they very nearly just destroy the entire uh Bolivian government. The cycle sort of ends with the Oaxaca uprising in 2006, where like, like. The people of Oaxaca just fucking take the city and hold it for like I think like a few months and like run it through democratic assemblies and then like the army shows up and they get yeah but like you know like like there there is a point like that that was like I I, I think like like in my lifetime like the workers of a city fucking just took it over I, I, this is stuff that like yeah, yeah. you know like i think now we're we kind of like we have problems like I, th- I think most people have sort of forgotten about this stuff like th- th- this this was a moment in which like like revolution and the destruction of capitalism was on the table yeah and like it did, did a lot of it i'm not super i lived in venezuela for some of this time uh briefly but i it, it felt very possible in a way that like it probably hasn't since right like yeah this, it was fascinating to see, like, and the cooperation between those countries was very real, right? Like, um, obviously Cuba, like Cuba, Cuban doctors are fucking everywhere, right? If you travel, in yeah, Brazil, sporting there. But it was fascinating to see, like, people from here coming here, and I think they had that Sao Paulo forum, right, where they would, where these ideas would be exchanged, and it, it, yeah, it gen- that was very formative for me. It, it genuinely felt like it was possible for something as a result of this like ghoulish IMF policy that we'd had yeah. for the previous 20 years, people are like, no, fuck this. We're doing it our way. Yeah. And yeah, eh, didn't turn yeah, out. Okay. Great. But this is, this is, this is what's really weird about Lula because Lula's running in 2002 and he's watching all of this happen. <laughs> and his strategy, his response to this is basically the analysis because he, okay. So he spent the entire nineties lose running leftist campaigns and losing. Right. Yeah. And his strategy in 2002 is he's going to move the PT, the Workers' Party, to the right, both in terms of messaging and in policy, so as not to sort of like scare voters. And he finally convinces the rest of the PT to do something he's been advocating for for like decades, which is allying with sort of like liberal or conservative, like non-leftist parties, which they do in this election. And uh, we're going to see how that goes uh, later because, oh boy, 
But, you know, OK, so like why 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 are they sort of doing this? There's a few reasons. Partially, it's because Lula has been like losing elections as being like, OK, so we have to do something different. Partially, it's because the PT is a product of the collapse of like. It, it, OK, the PT, like in, in, in the 2000s, like the 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 base that had formed that party is basically collapsed, right? The, the PT is like it, it, its core constituencies are sort of like leftist groups. There's like like left wing Catholic groups and the sort of like the, the 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 giant sort of like trade union stuff that like the giant workers movement that Lula was a part of. But by 2002, like the Catholic Church has swung back to the right. Like the sort of the sort of left Catholic people are on the retreat. There's very few of them left. Um. There's and we're going to talk about this more later, but the sort of giant industrial unions that like Lula had been ahead of, like, and that you know Lula's career and the PT itself comes from, have been shattered by sort of like the by by deindustrialization and the collapse of sort of Brazil's industrial economy. And the product of this is that with without its sort of social basis, like Lula keeps losing elections. So he goes, okay. So his, his solution to this, and, and the, the PT understands this, right? Like they're they're aware of the fact that like part of what's happening with them is that like they they've you know, they're, they're losing parts of their working class base because that, that working class literally doesn't exist anymore. They're gaining a bunch of sort of middle class, like, leftist activists, but they, they, they need to find a way to sort of broaden their appeal. And so, like, he promises, like, openly gives this, like, speech about how he's not going to do, like, a, quote, rupture with the economy, which is what this party have been campaigning on because, you know, the PTR leftists, right? The whole point of another world is possible is we don't have to live very capitalist anymore. Lula's like, no, 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 no. Guys, hold on, hold on. I, I didn't mean that. Like, we're not going to do a rupture. And instead, what Lula does is pledges to and like stays in the, the uh, Brazil's commitments to the IMF, including like fucking insane shit, like maintaining primary budget surpluses, which is nuts. And, he, you know, and he instead oh, of like, wow. Yeah, yeah. He he stays in the and and you know Ar- so Argentina famously like Argentina's solution to the yeah. sort of uprisings that are happening is that they de- they default on their debt to the IMF. And they're like fuck you, yeah. we're not paying. And Lula's like nah nah, we'll pay. Like it's fine, we'll just keep paying it. And and like the PT itself is like, what the fuck is going on? Like what what is happening here? Why is this happening here? Like why why is he doing this? And you know Lula's just like, well, okay, we need, we need to take power. We need to do this to take power. And so he does. And and weirdly, in the middle of this cycle of sort of like the resurrection of the left, he's running increasingly to the right. Yeah. And you know, okay, part of what's happening here is that there's an inherent problem that leftist governments have when they take over the state, especially when they take over a capitalist state by winning an election, which is that. If you are in control of the government, right, if you control the state, your job is now to keep the economy running. And in theory, this isn't incompatible with leftist beliefs. But if you stop, if you stop and think about what this actually means for a second, keeping the economy running means keeping the economy growing. And economic growth, right, means that capitalists have to keep making more money every year than they did last year. Like that, that's what economic growth is, right? And this is a real problem if you are a leftist taking power. Because if you don't do this, you will, A, lose elections because uh, regular people will get pissed off because when capitalists don't make more money, they start firing people. And B, the bourgeoisie, who only ever grudgingly accepts the left as sort of like a legitimate power in the first place, if they're not getting more money every single year, they will overthrow you. And, you know, Lula knows this, right? But the, the, the solution to... This problem that these, these sort of like pink tie governments come to is 
basically to, to let a faction of the sort of national bourgeoisie, the sort of national capitalist class, the people who are like capitalist domestically, like they, they, they let them into this product of sort of like na- this nationalist developmental project. And so what this means essentially is you are like you are by you are buying a section of the of, of the ruling class off, right? You are giving them access to state contracts. You're doing state investments in infrastructure that helps them like expand things like mining, so they can you know take take some of the profits from it. You're giving them preferential access to government contracts in exchange for sort of supporting you. And there, there's a lot of ways this can look like the MAS in Bolivia, for example, starts bringing these elites directly into the party with their sort of developmentalist faction. Um, in Brazil, it looks like an alliance of something called the Centro, which is like Centro. Sorry, my my Portuguese is not good. Um, which is this like this sort of like ever present force in Brazilian politics, which is just like the corruption faction. It's like this this series of sort of parties that are like kind of loosely knit who kind of vote together, but who don't like they don't. The, the parties nominally have ideology, but like their ideology is uh, I am I am like a local political like powerful political person, and you are going to pay me, or you will not be able to pass literally any bill ever. And okay, so they, they 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 have to form an alliance with sort of these parties. And the other thing they start doing is that they are just literally buy, like they just literally start buying people off. And this leads to sort of like a bunch of corruption scandals that we're going to get you next episode. Um, but while while Lula is in office, this seems like it's working really well. Um, he he's able to sort of pay off the bourgeoisie and fund these social welfare programs for the Brazilian working class. And this has a massive impact, right? Like th- this lifts something like 20 million people out of poverty. And okay, and I, I, I and other people will argue about what it means to like lift people out of poverty and how poor they still are. But, you know, it is true. These people have a massive increase in quality of life. Like people are getting running water in their homes for the first time. Like people are having electricity for the first time. Um, uh, it's, it's also worth pointing out that Lula, who is white, spends a fucking shit ton of time fighting, like fighting against racism and fighting for educational and job opportunities for black people, even though, OK, there's like an asterisk next to that that has to do with the police that we'll get back to. Next <laughs> okay. episode. Yeah. Oh, it's it's fucking. Oh, boy. It, it, it is worse than you can possibly imagine. Um, whew, but, you know, he, like he's trying to end hunger. He has this very famous program called the Bolsa Familia, which is basically like if you're poor enough and you agree to send your kids to school and get them vaccinated, like the government will just give you money. And, you know, there's also a microloan part of this, which is my dot, dot, dot. Uh, <laughs> oh, this good. won't go. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the, not, nothing bad will happen from the, the Brazilian government attempting to get a bunch of people to take microloans. Oh, um, great. This this does not lead us into fascism at all. Uh, but, you know, OK, like this works, right? Lula is able to grow the economy like Brazil's economic growth in this period is like 7 percent, which is fucking nuts, like year on year. Um, he leaves office with I, I've seen it alternately said as like an 85 or a 90 percent approval rating. He's unbelievably popular. Um, you know, so every everything like looks good, right? Kind of from inside Brazil. It looks like the PT has succeeded beyond the wildest dreams of everyone. They've been like they've been a successful social democratic party and that they've lifted a bunch of people out of poverty. There's like people who are alive because like who are alive today who would not be because the PT was in power. Right. And you know, like he, there, there are people who don't starve. There are people who don't go hungry. There are people who have opportunities like educational opportunities who have opportunities to advance themselves for the first time ever. And it's a successful capitalist government too, because again, 7% year on year growth, right? Like this is fucking nuts. Like this is, this is a kind of economic growth that is like unimaginable in, in most parts of the world. 
However, comma, if this at all actually worked, we wouldn't be here right now with I, you know, the, the, the fascist president going into like hiding. And so next episodes, you know, March, I, I've been to, I've been talking about grave diggers sort of this episode, right? There's there's a, a famous part of the Communist Manifesto where he talks where, where Marx talks about like capital, like capitalism producing its own grave diggers and capitalism has never done that, right? Like, like to 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 this day right now, capitalism has, has yet to produce its own grave diggers. Social democracy has produced its own grave diggers in every single fucking country anyone's ever done it. And the next episode, in next episode, we're going to watch the PT produce its own grave diggers, and we are going to watch them attempt to bury Luis Inacio Lula da Silva and the rest of the Brazilian working class alive. Oh, good. Do you want to do a Bolsonaro update? Because he's apparently left the building. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. Uh, Bolsonaro update. Wait, <laughs> Bolsonaro has left the building? Hold on. Bre- breaking breaking news? Yeah, he, it's- he, he left the palace, finally. Yeah, in a convoy of black SUVs. Oh, he's expected to uh, break the silence. <laughs> yeah, but so I, I'm looking at Benjamin Fogel, who's pretty good on this. He, yeah, he's expected to break the silence, but not to congratulate Lula on winning. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have lost goodbye. Oh, no. Okay, so, yeah, uh, there might be a... if if I, I don't know what we're going to do if there's a coup in, bet- in between this episode and the next episode. Yeah, it will be. Hopefully not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I one one thing that like I will say, and that I I think we, we're gonna talk a bit about next episode is that like part of what's happening right now that's very important is that Biden is in office in the U.S. and I mean, okay, so the, the Brazilian military has a long history of doing coups, but usually when they're doing coups, they're doing coups with the backing of the U.S. government, and Biden like just on a personal level fucking hates Bolsonaro, and. There is a there is a, a very real chance that this is a significant factor in why we haven't seen a coup is literally the president of the United States personally does not like the fascist president of Brazil. And this is a fucking batshit state of affairs, right? Like the fact that like the like personal inclinations of the president of the United States has this much of an impact on like the politics of an entire country is nuts. Um, and this happened in the other direction for a while, right? Like it, it's. I guess not personal, it's just the personal inclination of the president in that case. Yeah, well, there's weird things here too, because like, like Lula was weirdly friendly with with Bush, which I think is why, part of why he never, like, they never tried to coup him. (laughs) As opposed to Chavez, who called him the devil. Yeah, which (laughs) is really interesting, because Lula and Chavez are friends. Yeah. Right? But Chavez gives the speech about how like, Everyone has their own, like at, at the at the the World Social Forum, gives a speech about how everyone's existing in their own like conditions. So you can't expect, like you know, you can't expect Lula to be Chavez. You can't expect Chavez to be uh, Castro, like stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's weird. Um, hopefully Bolsonaro fucking leaves office. If not, I don't know. But either way, I don't know. Things are the. The history of Brazil during this period is also kind of bleak, but after this period is way the fuck bleaker. So yeah, we're going to talk about that tomorrow and yeah, we'll update you if there is a coup. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. 
Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.